Welcome to the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute podcast, episode number 98. And today we are taking a new look at testing and environmental monitoring. Welcome to the Smallholder Food Development Institute podcast, where we serve up truth so that you can build the profitable, sustainable food business you've always dreamed of. Now here's your host, Dr. Michelle Fannin-Steele. Hello, my friends, and I am doing the podcast over on the Durgo Food Safety Facebook page. I thought I would mix things up. You know, we are almost getting to 100 podcast episodes here, so stay tuned for the 100th episode because I think it's going to be super, super interesting. I'm very excited about it. Uh, very excited about it. So, you know, we do a lot of really cool, crazy stuff around here, and it's, um, it's because I believe... Um, that you all are so awesome and all of my dedicated listeners and fans and followers who I deeply, deeply appreciate that I am out here and I can do what I'm doing because of you guys. And it really, it like, really is humbling and makes a really big difference that I can take all of these skills that I learned in vet school and that I learned in the army and I can be out here talking to uh, talking to so many people making such a big difference as we put food production facilities on farms as I work with people on their HACCP plans as I coach my clients so that they can be better leaders and that they can they can work with their people more effectively yeah? and really create the businesses that they want to create you know, I have for the five years that I have been in this journey been saying the locker changes lives and it's changing my life in so, so many ways. And that, you know, that's amazing. And I'm so excited that we can, that we can do this and we can do it together. And so what does it mean to, you know, do this together? Well, a lot of this means, uh, as I as I sit here, guys, you know, like my life being what it is, uh, it's the love in the time of coronavirus. And um, I am recording, I am recording this. Um, and uh, my, uh, my family needs to get past me uh, so that they can get in and put, uh, put groceries, uh, groceries away. Uh. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's just, that's just life. Right. And I think that it's really super interesting as we come into the podcast talking about environmental monitoring, uh, and your testing program that I am, I am just like truly doing this podcast live. So if you are not, um, on the Deergo Food Safety Facebook page, come like us on Facebook. Okay. And then come join the proofing box. I've been doing these uh, podcasts from the proofing box. Uh, but now I, I, I'm going to change it up for probably the rest of the year. And I'm going to do them over here, trying to broaden, broaden the reach. And I'm trying to broaden the reach because the work that we do is so important here at Durago Food Safety. I have, you know, I, I often think of us as Durago Food Systems because the systems that, that create your facilities and process and, and help your people um, 
are multifaceted. Ugh, okay, and testing and monitoring is just is just one of those systems. And as I have been uh, doing a 30-day challenge over in the proofing box this month, it's been really interesting for me to see how like what questions people have and how they are um uh and how are they framing the risk associated with uh, the 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 work that they're doing because that's what the 30-day challenge is so if you're not over in the proving box uh doing the 30-day challenge writing your uh risk um like doing your risk analysis what we're doing is a risk analysis uh, around all these different policies that you need to have in place. And we're doing this for people who need to pass an audit. You know, um, it's become very, very clear in, uh, in this time that the people who are going to make it are the people who are really buckling down on their facilities and process and people and getting audits and expanding their reach and bringing more people into their community and not just bemoaning all the stuff that's going on in our lives. It's easy to bemoan. I totally get it. Uh, trust me, I totally get it. But we have so much work to do. We have so many places to go and we have people who we have to become in order to re-regionalize our food system. And that's what we do over the Proofing Box. And part of that really, guys, is showing the big guys that the little guys can do it. Okay, that we can play on their playing field. We can do it better. We can do it faster. Um, and we don't have to do it cheaper, right? I mean, I can I think I just paid $750 pound, and I'm desperately grateful for it from Ohio City Provisions for the most amazing chicken thighs to make this really fast, fabulous, like one pot recipe, right? I'm a big believer in chicken in the crock pot, right? $750 pound for chicken thighs. I feed five people. Guys, that's, you know. That's a meaningful investment in chicken, and there are people, you have people out there who are willing, uh, who are willing to do that. But in order for you to sell, in order for you to get your products out there in a way that makes a difference, you've got to put the facilities and the process and the people together. And that's what this whole podcast is about. That's what my whole business is about. That's what my whole life is about, is empowering your success in order to be able to do that. And when we get to testing and monitoring programs, as I like, pick up my computer to <laughs> get, my, get my notes together, when we look at testing and monitoring programs, this is really one of those places where facilities, process, and people come together. You know, not all of the SOPs and policies and stuff that you write are going to bring facilities, process, and people together in quite the way that, that environmental monitoring and product testing do. Uh, but th this one really, really does. Okay. And I spend, I do, you know, like I do special projects. I'm in the middle of a special project with a lobster processor on getting their environmental monitoring program squared away so that they can they can get the information that they need um, and and meet their client expectations and so when we look at testing and monitoring programs it's really important to understand what those what those words mean so i'm going to talk about that and then how you go about thinking about what your risk is and how you're going to mitigate your risk against foodborne illness by 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 product testing and by environmental monitoring in your facility, okay? So the first thing that I want you to know is that this stuff doesn't have to be scary, okay? 
people come to me and they're pretty darn overwhelmed around testing and monitoring. And I think a lot of it has to do with kind of the science conversation and being, um, being scared of the science, you know, you will have to work with a laboratory and that can be pretty intimidating for people, but I'm here for you. And I'm here to talk to you about that sort of stuff. Okay. It's really important. So we have that part of it. Okay. And then there, the other part of it is, is that there seems like there's so many overwhelming steps and so many things that you're supposed to know um, that it can be really fairly overwhelming. And it's also really, really, really easy to just kind of not do. It's way easier to not do this than to do this. And for many of you, unless you're like backed up into your regulations around doing this, a lot of y'all just don't do it. And I totally get it. I mean, you know, for if you're doing, you know, ground beef trim, for example, you have a product testing program. It's called an N60 test. It's very well prescribed and you have to do it. If you're slaughtering animals, there's E. coli testing that you absolutely have to do. Okay. Those are non-negotiable. You've got to do them. If you're doing fisheries HACCP, you have to do listeria monitoring. But like for everybody else, you're like, what the heck am I supposed to be doing? And then it's really easy to just kind of not do it. <laughs> okay. In order to get over that, you've got to decide. You've just got to decide that testing and monitoring are worth doing. And if you don't value doing this, you're never going to do it. And maybe you do do beef grind. And the only reason you value it is because the USDA tells you you have to. And that's frankly good enough. Um, but testing protocols can be simple. You have to do them correctly. But they don't really have to be as confusing and overwhelming as we all tend to make them in our heads. Um, when you finally decide to show up to this work and to do this work, you know, maybe by coming into the power group and letting me help you with this, guys, <laughs> so you can sleep at night, uh, this process is really going to help you understand a whole lot of things. Um, and one of the most amazing things that you're going to understand is that you don't have to let confusion and overwhelm stop you. That's probably one of the biggest things I work on with my clients is I simplify things and I tell them they can do it. I'm very fond of saying, borrow my belief in you. Okay, because I believe in you and I believe that you can do this with little confusion, little overwhelm, and I will help you interpret the results. It's fine. <laughs> okay. What you get to allow yourself to do is say, I am figuring this out. And when you do that, you are going to get all of the benefits. You are going to help figure out your own brain. You're going to help your employees figure out their own brains, right? And you're going to have actual information that is going to help you sleep in uh, sleep at night. But the way to get there is by making really fast decisions and deciding this is worth doing. So if you are all on board, I mean, the whole the whole premise of this podcast is that you are on board with doing this. Okay. And so from there, I've got to do some explanations around what monitoring means. I think everybody understands what testing means. But here's the thing is that when the preventive controls rule was passed, okay, um, and when HACCP was, was passed, uh, they used the word monitoring. And monitoring in a HACCP context or a preventive controls context uh, means a planned sequence of events that allows you to know whether or not you've met a critical limit. Most times, 
that doesn't include testing. Sometimes it does. But there is another kind of monitoring, and we call it environmental monitoring, okay? Those two words strung together mean something different than just monitoring. And your monitoring um, means, your environmental monitoring means testing surfaces or various other things that are not your product. So we test product and we do environmental monitoring on the air on and on services. And, um, uh, you know, sometimes we do environmental monitoring on like wash water and, and that sort of thing. Okay. And I'm going to talk to you about both in this podcast um, so that we can clear up this confusion and you can actually do your environmental monitoring. So, we're, I'm going to start with the easy stuff, which is product testing. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast or you listen to all that HACCP stuff that I talked about back in starting, I guess, in November of last year, um, I think it's podcast 58 if you want to go get a HACCP education. Product testing and finished product testing is not a really great way to verify your food safety system. So verify is tell, tell yourself the truth. Did you do what you said you were going to do? Because at finished product testing, if something's gone wrong, you really don't know where it's gone wrong. Okay, but that all being said, we do often start with finished product testing because if your finished product has, has you know, microbes in it, then you can't sell it unless it's, you know, within very special, very special confines, okay, of product that's going to go be processed. So your, your testing program has to start out with what you are well, like what your products are and what you have to test them for okay because often we're going to apply testing during our verification process of our critical limit okay if you need to know what that means please sign up for the HACCP classes because i die i, I mean like i think i have an hour-long conversation on like that one sentence <laughs> okay so sign up for the HACCP classes and you've got to you, you test so that you know your monitoring works, okay, that you've met your critical limits. You test to make sure your, your, your sanitation is effective, uh, you know, pH tests and strips and that sort of thing. Uh, sometimes we are testing for hazards. We test for marker organisms that give us an indication whether or not hazards are present. So testing for generic E. coli, for example. Um, we by and large don't test, do product testing for all the hazards that you might have because that would be really seriously impossible. Like we would really wouldn't be able to do that. You can't, you know, I'm in the middle of doing hazards of toxin testing on um, Bacillus cirrus toxin with a client and it's taking months. So we can't really do that. <laughs> so where does that leave us? It leaves us with figuring out what you're going to test to get the most amount of information to get the most bang for your buck. Um, and how do we do this? Well, first of all, you've got to have an SOP for it. If you want that SOP, you know where to get it. Join us in the power group and you get all of those SOPs. Then the next thing you have to decide is, is are you a ready to eat food or a not ready to eat food? This makes a really big difference. Are if And also you have to know FSIS inspected or not. Are you doing ground beef? Because there's a whole set of testing that's associated with, with beef and uh, ground beef, beef trim, that sort of stuff. But you have to know that you're subjected to and <laughs> if you I promise you if you if you're doing beef trim you're subjected to N60 testing okay and then the other one and everybody forgets this 
water potability testing. If you are running a processing plant of any variety, FDA, USDA, whatever, make sure you have a water potability test within the past 365 days, within the past six months, if you're in a well, okay? Uh, if you have if you have city water, I still recommend these. I still recommend water potability tests because your um, you, what that then tests is like, quote, the last mile or the 20 feet between you and the municipal water system. And I have seen places where that, um, like those pipes and things are infected. Okay, so they have proteus infections, they have varying other things going wrong with them, and they are different than your municipal water test. Does it happen often? No. However, again, sleeping at night. I'm a big believer in sleeping at night. <laughs> okay, so the next, let's talk about your ready-to-eat facility. Okay, so if you're running a ready-to-eat facility, that means there's no kill step between you and somebody eating your food. You have to measure all of your food contact surfaces, all of your high-risk non-food contact surfaces, and non-food contact surfaces are what I'm talking about. Then you put them in a spreadsheet and you're gonna, um, you gotta calculate how many square inches of those, um, of those you have. I talk about more about this in podcast 44, okay? If you're a non-ready-to-eat facility, um, you've still got to measure your food contact surfaces, okay? But we just don't do high-risk and, and non-high-risk food contact surfaces, um, if you are a livestock or a radite slaughter facility, you've got to do, so radites are ostriches and, and emus and those sorts of things. Um, you've got to determine what species you're going to use for E. coli testing. Um, and there is a, uh, there's an FSIS document out there called the sampling requirements to demonstrate process control and slaughtering operations. So E. coli determines your process control and go download that. Okay. Or come into the, join us in the proofing box. And I will, I, I'm pretty sure I have it in the files in the, in the proofing box. And if not, I'll get it for you. Okay, you've got to do understand USDA shigatoxin E. coli testing. As I've said, if you're a beef facility, if you are grinding beef at retail, there's a retail ground rule or the retail grind rule. Go read that and understand the testing associated with that. Okay, I know those are a lot of different um, like uh, buckets of processing and processors, but testing really kind of depends on your product and your process. And so if you are any of those, I want you to, you know, go, by all means, go back. This, this podcast will be published today. Go find it and listen to it again and find out what bucket you're in. Come to the proofing box if you haven't already joined and um, ask questions over there and I'll point you in the right direction of what you need. Okay. And then what you've got to do is, is you've got to determine what hazards you're testing for, okay? Are you testing for listeria? Are you testing for salmonella? Are you testing for shigatoxin E. coli? Are you testing for campylobacter? All of these things we've got to figure out depending on what your product and your process is, okay? Then what you have to do is you, once we figured all of that out, all right, then you've got to contact a lab, okay? I would, you know, you can just Google food safety labs near me. Um, you can talk to your cooperative extension agent. They often know which labs are, are available. I have a lab in Philadelphia, Invisible Sentinel, that I highly, highly, highly recommend. Um, and I tend to tell my folks on the East Coast to send their stuff to them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and then 
you got to get your you've got to contact your lab and get your testing materials, right? Um, and then you've actually got to go do the testing. So you've got to decide how much how much surface area you're going to test. Are you going to test all your drains? Are you going to um, test your food contact surfaces and for what? These can be very involved conversations, and um, and you've got to do this accurately. Or are you going to spend a lot of money on testing that? is not gonna give you the information that you think it's gonna give you. And that's not what we're going for. We're going for efficacious use of money, guys. Um, and and doing the testing that makes a difference. Um, then you've gotta go actually do the testing. Now, most, fo now, most folks, um, when they do testing, are gonna do test and release, all right? Some of you who are FDA are not going to do test and release. If you're FSIS and you send something out for testing, you've got to put it on QA hold until those tests come back. It's just the, that's just the regulation, all right? So make sure you have your QA tags prepared accordingly. And, um, and you have a place to, you've like, you're, you're, you have kept track of that stuff in your trace and lotting programs and, and process and procedure. This then would also, so we talked about water potability testing um, and you are going to go get like a water potability test. Please follow the directions on that. Okay. You know, you got to let that water, cold water running for five minutes gives you the best, uh, um, the best option for how to make sure that, to make sure that that test passes. Okay. So your environmental monitoring to kind of go back is all of the surface testing that you're going to be doing and your product testing is all of the product that you're going to go in and test. Okay. Now you've got to make sure you're doing um, statistically significant sample sizes. And if you need help with that, that's kind of what we do around here. And I can help you figure out what that, um, what that environmental monitoring program looks like in a statistically significant way. I would love to see you over there doing that and um, do over there in the, in the power group, you know, so book a call. I'm, a, you know, I'm here <laughs> and um, I'd love to help get you on your way with this because this really truly is a way to bring together facilities and process and people and help you sleep at night. There you go, guys. That's this week's podcast. I love you so much. I'll see you over in the power group. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. Be sure to join us in the Proofing Box, a private Facebook page for food producers filled with valuable information and technical tips. Grow your business by learning from people just like you, all under the guidance of a food safety expert.